Welcome to the Night Shift. We're at episode 30. We are going to preview the weekend. We're going to talk about Mitch Marner bobblehead night. This has been a big thing. This has been a big deal already, and the night hasn't even happened. The Knights are kicking off one of the busiest times in their schedule. They will play six games in nine days. So six games on, three days off. That is it, and nothing is easy. So we will outline what is ahead, certainly this weekend and beyond. My name is Mike Stubbs, joined by Kyle Grimard. You can follow Kyle on socials at Kyle Grimard, at K-Y-L-E-G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980, and you can find this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, globalnews.ca, Megaphone, you name it. So leave us a review. If there's something that you want us to do, somebody you want to talk to or hear us talk to, let us know. You can email Mike at 980cfpl.ca. Kyle, how are things? Things are good, Mike. You know, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a very busy uh, weekend ahead, of course, with a couple of games and uh, a lot of very special dates upcoming as well, which we'll highlight. Um, I, one of the first things I think we wanted to talk about right off the hop was uh, Denver Barkey. And you had a really fun story about him out of Kingston. That's right. And I have to credit Alan Edmansky for finding, seeing this story. See, Mitch Marner is a perfect person to be talking about. And the fact that we've got his bobblehead night coming up, Mitch Marner, when he was with the Knights and now that he's with the Leafs, I don't know if there's anybody who takes more time for fans. And we're going to be hearing about Connor Bedard later in the show and the fact that he went into Calgary and they sold the place out and fans were lined up when the Regina Pats first arrived in Calgary. Everybody's looking for a picture with Connor Bedard or an autograph with Connor Bedard. And we see this thing happen sometimes out in the public for players like Connor Bedard or Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby, John Tavares in London was like that. Back when he was John Tavares, imagine that. Now he's John Tavares. But back <laughs> when he was John Tavares playing in London. And we don't necessarily realize how much time the players take with fans and the way that they're able to interact with them. And, you know, it's it's part of being a hockey player. You wind up in the public eye in these junior hockey towns and cities. And so many of the players embrace it, and it it makes the day of the players that they talk to. And it can even happen on the road. So, so Alan Atmansky is the TV voice of the Kingston Frontenacs, and here he is on what happened last Saturday night. Yeah, so most of the time at the end of the game, I'll chat with a, a player who's from the winning team, and we do our little two-minute interview. I ask a couple questions, then they go back into the dressing room, and they head off. If they're in their road trip, they'll head off to the next city or whatever. Um, but this time, I finished with Denver Barkey, and he happened to see these two kids by the tunnel just kind of wanting some fist pumps and say good game and so we went over and did that but then he noticed that they were wearing york simcoe express coats who denver spent some time with in his early minor hockey days and he struck up a conversation with him just said oh hey i used to play for them how's your season going and the back and forth went on for i, I want to say about five minutes and they just chatted he asked them about their season how they were doing kind of their favorite players if they liked the game and stuff and it was really refreshing to see because a lot of these guys they don't kind of get that credit and there's a lot of bad negativity that's around the game these days and stuff like that happens all the time and they they don't do it for the fame but it's nice to see them get kind of recognized for it and, and put it out there to say hey 
these guys are doing this when the cameras aren't rolling, when there's nobody around, and it's worth noting. That's just it. There's Denver. There's a lot of players who do that, and it goes unnoticed. Alan, thanks for noticing it. Thanks for telling us about it, and can't wait to get back to Kingston next year. All the best. Thanks, Mike. You guys, too. Perfect example of things that go on. Just little conversations. Denver's looking and seeing these guys want to be where I am someday. Sits back, has a five-minute chat with a couple of players who were wearing York Simcoe Express jackets just like he did back when he was a little bit younger than he is right now. Gosh, it's just, it's so crazy to think how like little moments like that can make such a big impact on the fans, the community, and, and it takes a few seconds. But at the same time, you know, not every player goes out of their way and does that. And, you know, understandably so. Sometimes players are in a rush. They got to get on the bus. They're traveling. They're not the ones that the kids are screaming at. But it is really nice to hear those stories that, you know, it wasn't a big theme that got talked about. And I wouldn't have heard it had we not been able to speak Um on this matter and what would have happened in Kingston because you guys were on the road for this and I wasn't there for it. So it's just, it's fun to hear stuff like that taking place and, and good on Denver Barkey. It's when you look at him, you think, Oh, I hope he's a really nice guy in the community. And I hope he's great with the fans. And he is exactly that. And it's nice to see that other stories like that are getting shared out there to other markets. Well, you get that in the sport of hockey generally. And one of the things that will go down on any scouting report, sure. What's the skating like? Sure. What's the hockey IQ like? What's the character like? What kind of person is this off the ice? And that's something that is very high on the list of so many teams. The London Knights, I think they put it number one. And you want to bring in character guys because you know that they're going to help to you know, uphold what you've built. They know that you need that in London because you are in the public eye so often. So, yeah, it's it's something that you take for granted or, or you might not think to look for sometimes, but it's happening and it's sure appreciated by all the fans. I can remember going to Plymouth one time and John Tavares was on the team and we would go into places a little bit early and there would be different autograph sessions and different things in whatever city we were going into. But there was a line of people outside the building because there was only one way out of the CompuWare Sports Arena. And that was the way that the Knights were going. Their bus was parked out front. There was a lineup around the corner and he stayed and pictures weren't as big in 2009 as they are now but signing autographs yeah he signed and signed and signed and this was after he had finished the game against the Plymouth Whalers just quality guys all over the place love those stories oh that is awesome stuff Mike and I'm sure we'll get a lot more of it but you know this this is going to be a very big weekend for the London Knights a big stretch for them in general as they get ready for uh, a double dose on the road uh, on Saturday but starting off at home on Friday against the Saginaw Spirit uh, it is a very important game on the calendar as well it is part of the Canadian Mental Health Association for Talk Today game which I love the fact that the London Knights are going to be doing and we, we'll get into that a little bit later on but they're going to be taking on uh, Saginaw who right now London this season so far they are undefeated against the spear they are three and oh on the year the one really impressive thing was Saginaw you know they they were at one point first overall in their conference they had been strained together a really good start and since then it's been a little bit tougher sledding for them but the one bright spot Michael Misa leading the team in scoring at 15 years of age yeah he's been a story 
and he is somebody who is going to continue to put up points. Saginaw has officially put in their bid to try and host the 2024 Memorial Cup tournament, and that's a guy that they are building around right now. And you mentioned it. Saginaw was in top spot in the Western Conference. The Saginaw spirit had a tough start to 2023 because they ended up losing their first game of the new calendar year. They beat the Kitchener Rangers, and then they lost eight in a row after that. So they had one win in January, didn't pick up their next win until Wednesday night. It was a big win because they beat the Flint Firebirds, and that clinched the I-75 Divide Cup. Saginaw and Flint (laughs) play what the London Knights have now with the Battle of the 402. So you count up the regular season games, and they have eight of them against each other during a calendar year. Saginaw and Flint, and that win over Flint was Saginaw's fifth of the season. So the trophy was awarded. They took a picture surrounding the trophy. That kind of thing is going to happen for either the Knights or the Sting this year with the Battle of the 402. But the I-75 Divide Cup clinched on February 1st. I love that there's a trophy for that. That makes it that just makes it so much better. And like you said, like it makes the rivalry a lot of fun. It gets the fans engaged. It gets the players up for those games. That is pretty fantastic. So that game Friday night against the Saginaw Spirit. And then they go on the road into Erie to take on the Otters. You know, Mike, going into the season, the London Knights had won, I think, 21 or they were 21, 1 and 2 over their last 24 games against the Erie Otters. And this season... Erie has actually made it a pretty good series. The Knights are just two and two. So Erie has done a really good job at battling hard wherever they have been in the standings. And Erie has, they have come to play. And that's going to be a sneaky game going into Erie on the second half of a back-to-back and try to pick up a win there. You bet. Erie has won three of four. They beat the Kitchener Rangers. They have made a coaching change where Stan Butler is going to go behind the bench. They're still working out some visa issues to get Stan Butler back there, but that's going to bring in someone who has been an absolute staple of the Ontario Hockey League. He was with the battalion in both Brampton and then in North Bay for many, many years, and now is making the move to Erie. And the Otters, yes, they traded away arguably their top player in Christian Cairo to the Sarnia Sting, but this is a team that really wants to finish this year strong, and they don't mind playing that spoiler role. Right now, are they in the mix to make the playoffs in the Western Conference? Well, nobody's officially out of it yet, but let's face it, it's going to be tough for them to do that. You're going to need to win three of four a little bit more. They're four points out but you have the Sioux Greyhounds in between you. You have Kitchener and Guelph who really want to be turning things on. Guelph actually is. They've won seven of their last 10. They only have two losses in regulation in their last 10. So those are the teams that are basically battling. If we break down the Western Conference, I think we can probably expect that it will be some combination of London, Windsor, or Sarnia in the top three. Owen Sound is kind of in that mix as well. Then you've got Saginaw and Flint, who are dropping back a bit by the way that they have been performing recently. And Guelph and Kitchener would love to try and catch either of those teams. So you've got a mix and a dogfight there. But Kitchener and Guelph and Sault Ste. Marie, and we can even now throw Erie back into that mix, they are certainly you know, still battling for those final two playoff spots. So it's a really exciting Western conference looking either in the battle for top spot or the battle for those final playoff spots. 
Well, it makes it exciting down the stretch, too, that there are teams jockeying for so many different spots and positions and whatnot. So it will make for a lot of fun over these final few months of the regular season. And these next few games coming up for the London Knights are also going to feature a lot of very memorable moments. It starts, uh, of course, we mentioned on Friday with the Canadian Mental Health Association Talk Today game, where... 50% of the 50-50 proceeds will go towards the local branch of the CMHA, which is going to be pretty amazing. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but the Mitch Marner bobblehead night, which is going to be coming up in the makeup game against the Flint Firebirds on Monday. First 2,000 fans are going to be receiving a Mitch Marner bar bobblehead from that 2016 season. They will not be available after that game. So if you would like to get there first, the game starts at 7 p.m. on Monday night. Or at six, and uh, doors open at 6 p.m. Game starts at 7. The first 2,000 fans are going to receive a bobblehead and then of course the Don Brankley Hall of Fame game takes place on Wednesday against the Kitchener Rangers Dan Maloney Rick Green Dennis Wyman going to be honored and inducted then uh Mike it, it, there's a lot of special games a lot of big moments for the Knights coming up absolutely and six games in nine days as well in and amongst everything that is happening off the ice or around games things that fans are going to be able to take part in you have important games because right now the Knights, as we record this on Thursday morning, Groundhog Day, February 2nd, the Knights are one point back of the Windsor Spitfires and they have a game in hand. Windsor takes on Sault Ste. Marie on February 2nd. And so the Knights will not play before February 3rd. Windsor could be three points ahead of the Knights. The Owen Sound attack sit Six points back of the Knights. The Sarnia Stings sit seven points back of the Knights. So a little bit of a spread there. But Owen Sound, Sarnia, they've been playing some really good hockey. Sarnia has won five in a row. The Attack have won four in a row. So those teams are coming. And as much as, yeah, you've got a schedule of six games in nine days, you got to find ways to win those. Otherwise, those teams that are pushing are going to find a way to close the gap on you. Yeah, you know, and they're coming. And the Knights right now are kind of in a bit of a limbo. They're about five and five. They haven't been playing horrible hockey, but it's like you said, the team above them right now, Windsor, seven and three in their last 10. The team directly below them, Owen Sound, seven, two and one. Sarnia, eight and two over their last 10 games. So there is a lot of teams making some headway right now. You mentioned Guelph, who's I know all the way back in seventh, but they're seven, two and one. So this is where teams are starting to get a little hot at the right time. And, you know, London had been playing really good. Of course, that stretch where they had won, what was it, 20? one of 23 games something crazy and you know it's given them some cushion to be able to figure things out but you know now they're going to start getting teams a games and they're starting to round into form and we'll, we'll see how london fares over this next little stretch but before we head on out here mike we have seen so much talk back from beginning of the season to the world junior hockey championships to selling out the scotiabank saddle dome the regina st pats in Connor oh, Garden, I, regina, I, just regina pats Oh, just Regina. Sorry. Yeah. No, like no Saint. Just Regina. No Saint. Yeah. 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 And you know, Mike, before we head on out of here, from the beginning of the season to the World Junior Hockey Championships, we have been hearing a lot about the Regina Pats and Connor Bedard. And I know you've been hearing about it all year long, but they just played a game at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome in Calgary. And for a CHL team to go into an NHL arena, and sell out with over 19,000 fans in attendance. There's a reason a lot of people are showing up. They are making head waves, and it is because of the consensus number one overall pick in this upcoming draft, Connor Bedard. And you had an opportunity, Mike, to speak with the voice of the Regina Pats on what life is like 
with a player of that caliber and players that we've seen in the past that had that same status. Yes, and those players, certainly Connor Bedard was the first player to be granted exceptional status to play as a 15-year-old in the Western Hockey League, but we've seen it quite often in the OHL. Sidney Crosby, when he was in the QMJHL, it was it was wild to watch how Ramuski worked things at the 2005 Memorial Cup because they had to be careful because they had a Memorial Cup to try to win. And wherever they went, it became about, there's Sidney Crosby. So they would have to say, we're going to practice in this place and then go to another place. They would do that. And then they would have other moments for fans to get closer to Sidney Crosby. And it's wild to think that this is happening over teenagers, but it's something about that next one, that buzz, that promise. And Connor Bedard is certainly the latest to have all of that surrounding him. So we talked with Dante DiCaria, who is the voice of the Regina Pats and also handles all media requests, not just for Connor Bedard, but for everybody else. And we talked to him before the game against the Calgary Hitmen and asked him about whether or not, now that they've reached Calgary, now that they were selling out the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, over 19,000 people, like you say, Kyle, whether or not this had now just hit a brand new level. Yeah, I just had the opportunity to chat with Victor Finley, who's going to be calling the game on TSN with Frankie Corrado tonight. And we were having a conversation on if this is a Western Hockey League record, which I believe it might for the largest attendance at a WHL game. I'm also hearing it could potentially be the CHL record for the largest attendance at a game. Now, obviously, there's really only a handful of NHL rinks around the CHL, Calgary being one of them. So there's only so many buildings that could hold upwards of 20,000 people. But that's the crowd that we're expected tonight. You can feel the buzz around the city. Getting into the hotel last night, there were people lined up for autographs to get Connor Bedard's signature as we came into the hotel. Uh, everywhere we've gone over the course of our road trip, not only um, in this year, but last year as well, has kind of been the same thing. But just the hype is is ridiculous here in Calgary. It's going to be a super, super exciting game. I'm thrilled to call it. How is Connor doing? We lose sight of the fact that He's 17. This is a big year as it is because it's his draft year. He's had such success in helping Canada win gold at the World Juniors in everything he's doing with the Regina Pats. But how is he handling all of this? You know what? I just had the opportunity to have breakfast with him this morning, and he seems calm as a cucumber. The only time I felt he was phased to be quite frank with you, Mike, was actually in Vancouver back on November 25th, in which he was playing his first and probably his last, well, I shouldn't say his last game because he'll play, you know, obviously against the Vancouver Canucks or with the Canucks, but it was his it was first and probably his last junior game in his hometown. And everybody in Vancouver was there to see him. There were people lining up at the hotel for autographs, for pictures, chasing our bus, showing up at our team meals, you know, coming to the rink early to try to get a signature from him, waiting outside, slamming on the glass, his jersey was all over the rink. Like that was the first time where it looked like Connor was kind of overwhelmed by everything that was going on. But as far as from what I've learned from him over the last couple of days and today, he looks calm as a cucumber. To me, I think he's got something in his back pocket for tonight. He knows it's a TSN game. He knows that the crowd is coming essentially to come see him play. Whenever the moment shines brightest, Connor Bernard is always there at the biggest stage. As we saw at the World Juniors, I wouldn't put it past them tonight to have a special, special game. Dante DiCaria joining us, the voice of the Regina Pats. You also handle all media requests coming in for the Regina Pats and their players, which means 
You handle all of the requests for everything, not even just media, autographs, you name it, for Connor Bedard. Uh, I don't know how many hours you sleep, but it's got to be fewer than eight. Depends on the day. I mean, last year was a really big learning experience for myself. I was 24, now I'm 25. So to be doing this at a young age, um, I'm so blessed. I mean, to be around somebody with a God-given talent like Connor Bernard is just fabulous. I have to pinch myself, and I was kind of pinching myself today. I'll have to pinch myself tonight because it's just absolutely unbelievable. But he's such a great kid to work with. Um, working with him with all the requests that I get is super easy, as well as his agency group as well. Greg Landry and Newport have been really supportive of everything and have provided a lot of guidance as well, as well as John Paddock and the Regina Pats. So um, yeah, some days really stressful, this trip really stressful. We're actually holding a, a media scrum today here at the hotel in order for Connor Bedard to speak with the Calgary media. Every time we head into a new city, especially this year, given that it's probably the last time he'll be playing junior hockey in a city like Lethbridge or Medicine Hat or Red Deer like last night, uh, everybody wants to talk to him. Everybody wants his signature. And uh, you just, uh, you kind of have to trust your gut. You have to use your judgment. You have to read the situation, talk with the player. It's uh, definitely something you can't teach. I don't think there's a crash course for this, but uh, hey, I'm really grateful to, for the whole experience to, to have this job and everything that comes with it. Tell us what it's like pulling into different cities or leaving those cities because junior hockey teams will have a routine. They get there two hours before if the roads allow for it. They don't spend too much time in a city afterward because there's usually another city to get to. Has that changed this year with the attention? Do you have to go earlier, stay later at all? Really, it only takes a minute or two minutes to get through all of it. We try to keep it to one per person, at least from what I've tried to do and what Connor's tried to do over the last, I guess, year and a bit that we've been together. Um, sometimes you can't get to them. You can't get to everybody. Sometimes there's a lot of autograph seekers that are just looking to turn a profit. And those are the kind of the guys that you have to, you know, walk past and make sure you don't fulfill those, those autographs. Um, because, you know, he's 17 years old and we know what the card market is like and stuff like that, especially since the pandemic, having, you know, been a card collector back in the day myself, and it's mostly the kids that, uh, you know, Connor wants to sign for, he wants to talk to, wants to spend time with, because, um, you know, he re remembers being in their shoes. Uh, he was somebody who was a massive Vancouver Canucks fan growing up, you know, somebody that uh, dreamed about playing in the NHL. He will play in the NHL. So he's been in the same shoes as those kids. So uh, he loves to spend time with the kids and uh, he does a fantastic job with everything that kind of surrounds him. Dante DiCaria, the voice of the Regina Pats and a guy who spends an awful lot of time right next to Connor Bedard. But as everybody says about him, as everybody says about Mitch Marner, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, John Tavares. We heard it about Denver Barkey when we started off the show. Hockey players stay grounded. They really, really do. And they are out just to enjoy what they do, play the game. But they will take time for absolutely anybody. And we see so many examples of it. I love it. It's one of the things I love about this sport. 90 points in 36 games. Uh, with the Regina Pats, and he has missed time, of course, with the World Junior Hockey Championships. He is projected to score 143 points in just 57 games. I was talking to someone about it earlier on, and they were saying all the hype about Connor Bedard. You know, I, like, is, is he that good? Is it over, overblown? I'm, and all I told him was that the points that he is putting up are 
somewhat similar to what I remember back when Mario Lemieux was putting up 197 when he <laughs> played junior hockey. And I, and like Patrick Kane had seasons of uh, 100, I think 30 points or 140 points of so the year he played with the London Knights where he exploded. McDavid was sensational. Marner had crazy seasons too, but just in the games played from what Bedard has done and he's had point streaks, he can shoot. It's all the attention is warranted. It is a lot, but it is, uh, you know, it's it's been pretty remarkable. And like you said, there's a reason they're selling out games of 19,000 fans in NHL arenas. Well, Connor Bedard's season goes this way. It started on September 23rd as Regina was home to Moose Jaw. He didn't get a point, but he was 9 of 15 on faceoffs. He had 10 shots on goal, didn't get a point. Every other game he's played since then, he's had a point. And now we're into February and he's had nights where he's had 13 shots on goal and scored four times in that game. But think about it that way. No points the first game. And then he has not been held off the score sheet since. And he usually gets multiple points in his last four games. He's had multi-point games and only once going all the way back to November 29th. Now he missed some time, but November 29th, has he been held to just one point? It's remarkable. It's a lot of fun to watch, and there is a reason he is the consensus number one overall selection in this upcoming draft. And it's fun to hear from other fan bases, from other media members about what life is like and how, you know, some teams can kind of draw similarities back when you mentioned with uh, Sidney Crosby being in Ramuski with John Tavares back when he was an exceptional status player as well. It is a, uh, it is a lot of fun. We look forward to all the games and all the action taking place this coming weekend and in the next week to come as well. We'll highlight all the things on the next episode on Monday. And again, you can follow along with the podcast on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify. You can watch at global news.ca as well at social media at stubs 980 at kyle grimard mike uh we'll see you later on throughout the course of the weekend and should be a lot of fun look forward to it thanks kyle go let's go